Thank you, Janet Lee. And I remember when you were showing me that book of camp town meetings. And uh, hey, those songs, I love them. Thank you. And so, ladies and gentlemen, here we are again today. And we're into Revelation. And today, uh, we're going to start off uh, answering some questions. Uh, <clears throat> one of the... Um, uh, readers of the Manifest Revelations and, and followers of our um, broadcasts, uh, our, my dear brother uh, JJ, John Joseph, sent me a list of 20 questions and he says he's got more. Uh, I don't, won't have time to probably do them all and I'll be doing them sort of fast, but let's, uh, let's give a, 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 a get at it. Uh, first question. <clears throat> is it possible for Lucifer to repent? Well, that's an excellent question. And uh, I'm probably going to answer it in a way that will surprise some of you people. One of the things that the Holy Manifest reveals is that 
the most difficult thing in creation that God uh, had to deal with was how to make any kind of a creature uh, that he made and energized to be temporal. That, uh, that whatever he made and touched and moved his mind upon uh, was sort of like the scripture, in him we move and live and have our being. Uh, it, it became an, a part, part of the eternalization. But um, uh, he did make creatures so that there were creatures that did not have souls. And I'm talking about the spirit soul, not the body soul. And uh, as a consequence, uh, uh, Lucifer, Satan, uh, did and still does have a soul. Uh, the, the white throne judgment is mainly the judgment that will have to do with a decision about uh, Lucifer and, uh, and, and his point of argument. His point of argument is that um, he was unfairly uh, kicked out of, of heaven and kicked out of his uh, angelship uh, uh, duty and, uh, he, you know, he intends to make an argument of that. And, uh, and as far as uh, what people call his uh, terrible devious plots, he claims that being forced into, su into the subduction zones um, and uh, being uh, subjected to all of the, the natural uh, things uh, that uh, lean toward the uh, anti-moral side uh, tainted him, and so th this is not really his fault. Um, uh, but can he be saved? Well, the Bible does say that he he fears and trembles. So what will happen to Satan? Well, if he if he loses the uh, judgment decision uh, of the of the seven um, spirits of God, uh, which he most likely and almost guaranteed well then uh, he uh, will have a situation where all of the co-owned angels will um, leave his uh, spirit and uh, he will be left alone to bear the blunt of that and um, uh, because all those co-owned angels were subject to his mind by becoming one with him. And uh, he will, um, um, you know, have perhaps an opportunity to repent, but not immediately. Um, and someone would say, oh, I can't believe that. I believe the devil's just going to be destroyed. You only say those things because you're ignorant. You don't know the Bible. You don't know the Word of God. You don't know what the Word of God says. The Bible says, you know, Satan fears and trembles. And, and, and that is something very close to a recognition of God and, and a, a spirit very near to, to uh, repentance. Um, and um, oh, the, but the, what will happen is um, a separation. Now someone says, well, I believe he'll just, he'll just, be, he'll just uh, die because the Bible says that, uh, uh, you know, uh, you shouldn't fear a man who can just destroy the body, but you should fear God who can destroy both the body and the soul in hell. Well, that is not just a simple understood statement. First off, 
the bodies don't ever go to hell unless you want to call the grave hell. And and uh, uh, then the other thing is 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 that isn't always a, a a permanent situation. If you look at the bones of Ezekiel and all those people as a mass of people that were just suddenly raised up and lived again in their in their bodies. Uh, and when you begin to see all those kind of things, you really begin to get a new insight on what the reality is. Uh, as far as the soul being destroyed in hell, uh, that is not what it's referring to. What it's referring to, it, it's destroyed, is that the essence of the soul, the spirit soul, is being with God, being a part of God. And so uh, by there being a reduction so that that so that the the spirit is put into what is called uh, a, a punctuated dot uh, and it become and and when the the scrolls of the heaven roll up and everything goes into utter density uh, that uh, punctuated point will be a part of that utter density and so that is where uh, Satan will end up uh, and if somebody says well yeah but you know uh, he's not going to live forever. He's going to die there. Uh, no, you haven't got it right because you do not know the Bible. Uh, the Bible says that people are going to burn in hell forever and ever. So if, uh, if uh, you want to believe the Bible, then you have to understand what that forever and ever means. That forever and ever, uh, of course, um, uh, it takes two forevers to equal one eternity. And there, there are uh, many eternities, not just one eternity like people suppose, but eternity is such a long period of time that, that uh, it's called the vanishing point. It's beyond explanation to any uh, limit of, of uh, physical mentality. So we cannot say that after uh, uh, some uh, forevers uh, that this punctuated point of Lucifer, uh, he will either, like Gog, uh, be brought back as a familiar spirit uh, to continue his evil ways uh, in the next universe, or uh, he could possibly uh, repent. The Bible says that all Israel will be saved. And we know that in that group of all Israel, there was a whole bunch of not very good people and uh we just can't deal with god and how he thinks and how he acts uh we we know this that uh, there was a trillion ophanims and um of the trillion ophanims uh god will not allow that there be even one single ophanim that does not make it in but the way god will deal with that is the bible says he's going to take you know uh that that soul and he's going to give it to these new creations that are going to be given a soul so that they will stand in as that uh, soul, that entity, as though that entity never ever fell and never was lost and returns back uh, as part of the trillion that come into the kingdom. Perhaps that could happen with Satan. Uh, 
Just as we do not know the day or the hour of the coming of Christ, we do not know because God is not well to be known because uh, there are circumstances that have to be evolved on the part of the entity who has uh, done the corrupt things, done the evil, uh, as to whether what the ultimate outcome will be. But but uh, don't get into the idea about anybody uh, and uh, being cursed. And, uh, uh, you know, the Bible talks about the second death. There's a first death. There's a second death. Uh, you, you know, and, and then the Bible also talks about many other things. Uh, we can't go into all of that today just on one question, but uh, um, that that's will give you an insight. Next question, is Lucifer planning to set up his own heaven like the Father's house? Well, he's already tried to do that. Uh, he tried with Nergal, which is the Bible's name for Mars, and uh, he tried to set up there. He was he was kicked out of there. Then he went to Saturn uh, and to one of the moons of Saturn. There's 62 moons on Saturn. And uh, he uh, tried to set up there. And, um, and uh, you know, he was, he was kicked out of there. And, and then uh, his whole dinosaur plan uh, was destroyed from one of the giant uh, uh, stones uh, asteroids uh, that was uh, an asteroid that that was uh, orbiting between Jupiter and Saturn uh, in an orbital uh, 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 trait of of these uh, asteroid uh, which was an asteroid belt uh, in you know a vast area there uh, affected to some extent by the gravity of Jupiter and and uh, and Saturn which are huge planets. Um, do not doubt our, our question that Lucifer would have had the ability of Genesis uh, to to uh, uh, take any of these planets and to make them into uh, you know gorgeous paradises. Uh, he could do that even with Saturn, which is not a solid type Earth. It 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 is a gas planet, but. You know, that's just a chemical change. That could be changed into a solid Earth-type uh, planet, and uh, uh, Lucifer would know how to do that if he were allowed to do it. But he wasn't allowed to do it, so right now uh, he doesn't uh, have a, he a heaven. Uh, he, you know, he does have a stellar claim on the constellation of, of Drago, uh, but, uh, you know, uh, he's not allowed... To actually go there and 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 uh, and uh, take uh, participation of that of that uh, physical uh, constellation, but he does use it symbolically, metaphorically. Okay, uh, <laughs> that's um, I guess that actually answered uh, uh, question three: Is Lucifer still connected to the Drago constellation? We have that. Uh, question four, do we always have to worry to be concerned about falling when we are in the physical universe? Well, the physical universe is, you know, anti-God, like matter and, and anti-matter. Uh, it, it, it has a, a disposition of being a subduction zone. And so people that get into that and don't get uh, uh, properly qualified in in in, in uh, a, a proper kind of a body, uh, then they become uh, subjected. Now, 
when the angels took bodies, and the Bible says in the book of Genesis that that uh, you know that the gods came down, and and we see that that the word Elohim does mean plural, just by the context of of Genesis, and it it says uh, uh, you know let us make man uh, like us, let us make man like us, and so uh, some people try to say you know that. The human that was made there is what God is like. And that is so stupid and so fumbling and so ignorant and so uh, off base of intelligence that I don't want to spend too much time on it because uh, it's, a, it's a drill right into hell. And uh, I, I'm not interested in looking into that fiery pit right now. Uh, but uh, I, I will tell you this, that the bodies it was talking about was the bodies that the angels that left the first domain, the heaven of heavens, and came into uh, the universe that they took. Now, they took bodies that was not as subject uh, to the subduction zone. And so they have, they have control in those bodies. But what happened with the Ophanims uh, is the... the that Lucifer, the Bible says, the dragon, as the his tail, which the tail is the reproductive area of of the dragon, uh, he cast them down to earth. So they went into a and had to take a lower body than what the angels have. But it was after the similitude uh, of of their kind of body, but not after all of the attributes of their body, and and so. Uh, we see that because they are, were then created lower than the angels, lower than the angels that the body that the uh, uh, bodies that the angels had, they were lower than it. Then they became more enticed uh, 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 into the subductive zone, more susceptible to it. So that would be uh, my answer uh, there. So, you, so no, you don't always have to worry about uh, when you come into a physical universe, uh, unless you're involved with someone like Lucifer and you get cast down. Um, is Yahweh, this is number five, the highest representative of I am in the physical universe? Yes. Do all suicides become ghosts? Do they remain ghosts for the universal duration? Um, uh, not necessarily all suicides become ghosts. Uh, there are directives and there are um, causations uh, as to the extent of, of a suicide. Uh, for instance, there could be someone c commit suicide who was um, deranged mentally in such a way that that they were not really totally aware of what they were doing and, and not ultimately responsible for, for what they did. Uh, that creates a different situation than a per person who, uh, you know, has more knowledge of what they are doing when they commit a suicide. And um, uh, that wh how that works is there's a ratio. And it's just like in the Old Testament where uh, when Israel committed sins, then uh, they had to pay uh, a, a multiple, a multiple of times of that duration. So, so if it were, say, Ten times, uh, if if it, they had um, uh, committed that over a hundred years, then it would be a thousand years. Uh, I'm not saying that that is the multiple, but that is how it would work to varying degree, various degrees, uh, applied differently to different people according to to the the acuteness of their uh, suicidal uh, act.
and um, uh, then they would remain as a ghost during that period bound uh, to the earth, sometimes bound in the area of where they once lived. Okay, now let's see, I'm going to about run out of time on that because I've got so much more to do. Uh, I can't speak on that too long. Uh, uh, do the seraphim, cherubim and seraphims have their own planets like the Father's house? Yes. Uh, the seraphim and cherubim are both involved, uh, each, each one, in, one group in the Pallades, the other group in the Orion, and, and they have their heavenly planet there within uh, those uh, constellations. Um, uh, was Judas a cherubim or an ophanim? He was an ophanim. Uh, well, a Lucifer returned to the ninth universe. Uh, well, Gog returned from the Alphan world, uh, in a negative way, uh, I suppose that uh, that will happen with Lucifer also, unless he does somehow find a way for uh, for uh, repentance. Um, I'm going to stop there. That's number nine, and uh, we'll pick up maybe next week from uh, from number ten. All right. Okay. Now let's let's uh, move on. Uh, I I want to um, to get into something extremely interesting that um, uh, I think you people are really going to be excited about. Um, in 1980, uh, the, um, uh, in 79 and 80, NASA sent the Pioneer uh, 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 ship, uh, we call it uh, not a missile, but we'll call it a rocket for now, and, um, and it was an exploration vehicle, uh, especially uh, sent to explore uh, Saturn. And um, uh, there was not a discovery in, in 1979 of what I'm going to speak about, but in 1980, there was an incredible discovery. And um, they were able to uh, take pictures of, um, of this huge uh, vortex at the North Pole of, uh, of Saturn. And, and we're talking about something that's hundreds and hundreds of miles wide. You could almost put a couple Earths, three Earths in it. Uh, it's so big uh, of space. And this vortex um, uh, was shaped like a hexagon. And um, so uh, they didn't have any idea what could have caused this, but uh, what they imagined is um, uh, uh, what they imagined is that um, uh, that it was you know uh, uh, something caused by the weather. I'm going to have um, our technician put up on the uh, television screen there, uh, where we have the various uh, pictures, uh, 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 and I want you to see a picture of NASA that NASA has uh, made of this hexagon that is at the North Pole of Saturn. And hopefully there's no problem getting this put up and you can see it on your, uh, on your um, uh, television uh, screen because uh, this is an actual scientific picture by NASA. And, and uh, it is a, a literal real picture. Now at the time they surmised that it might be uh, caused by um, uh, the, the weather effects. But there is what is called a 15-year winter that happens on Saturn. 
And that means 15 uh, years uh, winter without a spring. And uh, when the, the uh, uh, climatic aspect of that uh, dynamic 15-year uh, winter was over, um, NASA was involved in sending in the, in the early 2000s uh, uh, additional uh, exploration vehicles. And uh, this time when they sent the vehicle again, they also took pictures of the North Pole uh, and the South Pole, and I'll tell you something about that too. And um, they were amazed that after like, you know, 20 years, over 20 years, the same configuration was still there. So they knew then that the weather, even the severe weather that you would have during that 15 years of constant weather on Saturn did not have anything to do with affecting the, the, uh, um, uh, the, uh, with, uh, with affecting the vortex uh, wave uh, configuration. Uh, so now they really were puzzled. Wow, this is not caused by the weather. Uh, one scientist said, well, do you think it's possible that it's somehow artificially been put there? And what they meant was by, you know, aliens from another world. Because otherwise, how could something like that stay there for years and years and years and years? A hexagon. Now, a hexagon, uh, you know, needs to, needs, needs to be considered when it is 8,600 miles wide. And, um, and when this hexagon represents a, a, a star, because it has six points, six uh, e uh, equal um, lateral uh, triangles and six sides of the hexagon. So for sure it has six, six, six. And that's all the more interesting because it is the sixth, uh, Saturn is the sixth planet from the sun. And now we've got a really big thing on six. Uh, this really begins to, to uh, corroborate uh, the story that we have told you about Lucifer going to Saturn, Lucifer Satan going to Saturn, and and, and the war that took place there, and and how the, the and we go, showed you the the scripture of God taking one of the giant rocks, one of the asteroid rocks, and and causing it to be flung down to Earth, and 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 destroying the 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 dragons, uh, or. They were called dragons until the 1800s when a man came up with the word dinosaur. Uh, they killed the dragons of, of Satan. Those were dragons, those dinosaurs. And he loved those dragons. They were his pets, his pet creations. And, uh, but, you know, they were called dragons, so people sort of lost the idea. Pardon me, they were called dinosaurs. People sort of lost the idea of a connection with the great dragon, uh, Lucifer, Satan. Uh, but the, the, the fact and the reality is still there. And um, uh, it, it, it is uh, it's very interesting. Now, uh, we, we're going to give you some scriptures, but first I want to reiterate some things about 
how this all ties in, just in case, you know, it's been a while since we've done these, these teaching. Uh, we're on this thing of Gog. We showed you that the term Gog comes from Godit, uh, G-O-G-I-D, uh, and that was a dynasty that ruled the country of Lydia, L-Y-D-I-A, in western Anatolia, A-N-A-T-O-L-I-A, from 716 to 546 B.C., and uh, the founder of that man was uh, Gyges. Uh, and uh, uh, all of that kingdom that uh, happened, uh, there was um, uh, s- several, several different uh, kings, but all of those kings of, of Lydia were offspring, direct offspring. Like his, uh, 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 Gyges' son took over, then his son had a son, that son took over, that son had a son, that son took over, right all the way down until uh, they were finally defeated by Persia, um, and uh, uh, which was um, uh, an interesting time because it wasn't uh, uh, a minor thing that happened there uh, by Persia. Uh, they Persia didn't easily win the war against them, uh, but it just happened during the time that one of their greatest uh, 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 leaders was um, uh, ahead of Persia. So uh, let's just go over a few uh, fast things as we talk about the dark dawn of Babylon, uh, Babel, uh, that Nimrod was the... uh, was was the king. His father was called Cush in the Bible, but also uh, his father's name was Baal, B-A-A-L, and and Bel, B-E-L, and uh, these were gods and and uh, uh, God, you know, names of of G-O-D-S gods, and um, um, we 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 talked about uh, how that that. Uh, Nimrod was really a follower of uh, Beelzebub, the Lord of Flyers. And um, uh, he was also called uh, Amraphel, uh, A-M-A-P-H-A-L, and described as a king. He was one of the kings that uh, went, uh, you know, to war uh, against uh, one of, at least his kingdom, that went to war against uh, Abraham. Uh, And so there's a lot there. Uh, he was a grandson of Ham, uh, who was a son of Noah. Uh, he started his kingdom. We're talking about Nimrod. And uh, he started his kingdom in, in Babel. Now, now, the name Nim and the name Rod has a lot of meaning. And I, I've talked to you about that before. I can't go into much of that right now. Uh, but but um, uh, the staff of Satan, uh, you know, a staff, is, is T-A-F of Satan, uh, is partially represented in that rod part of the name of Nim, Nimrod. And uh, so um, uh, there, there is, is uh, much to understand yet about the Tower of Babel and how the earth was of one language and uh, how that, uh, uh, you know, there was a, a plan that uh, Satan had. And in that plan that Satan had, it was to use this, Nimrod and he and use him he did because Nimrod was like an antichrist and um, uh, there's something you know very very important there um, in uh, I've explained to you before that in uh, Temu Ra Temu Nar uh, 
the uh, word described in the concordance in the Old Testament, 8544, it talks about embodiment of a phantom uh, with a likeness and similitude. This is like familiar spirits and, and, and how that uh, uh, Satanists had a plan all along to use this concept of, 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 of familiar spirits so that uh, uh, as the humans live in bodies that are temporal, but the spirit is a familiar spirit has an eternalness, it, it can just move from one body to another body and, and can re-situate uh, uh, a transposition in that next body that it had in the other body uh, all through the, the aptitude and the capability of, of the uh, uses of a familiar spirit. And, uh, and the familiar spirit, the Bible says, can be a lying spirit which could even cause prophets to believe that lie. And there's an example of that in the Bible. Uh, uh, but, but anyway, as we, we get into this, um, we, uh, uh, Nimrod was married uh, to the Queen of Heaven. Uh, Estar, uh, also called Astara or Asteris. And um, uh, she's the queen of heaven. Now, this is all this is all Bible stuff. I'm going to give you some scripture. I've given you a lot before. Uh, so we got the father of Baal uh, was uh, the father of Nimrod was Baal or Bel or Cush. Uh, that's very common in the Bible to have different names and so forth because of the of the different transliteration of different languages. And uh, 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 this fact that that he, uh, Nimrod was married to the queen of heaven, who's Astorus, uh, and that their son uh, uh, Tammuz uh, was a sun god and uh, even became a Phoenician deity. Uh, this is this uh, transference, like of, uh, of the familiar spirit from father to son and, and from son to 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 others uh it's it's all uh, an incredible uh, uh an incredible thing and uh so uh Asterith, uh queen of heaven we'll uh, we'll see some scripture for that in just a little bit here uh it's very very important for people to really get this whole understanding uh of of you know what is going on. There were five Lydian kings. They were all uh, offspring of, um, of of Gyges, who uh, is the same as as Ludu or, or Luda, uh, which uh, is in in, in Assyrian a transliteration or transliterated from Assyrian uh, into Greek. Uh, then becomes the word Gog, G-O-G. So we've told you that before, but we want to connect this now with this this new revelation we're showing you about the, uh, you know, the, this incredible uh, inscription of the hexagon uh, on uh, the, the planet uh, Saturn. Okay, so now let's... Uh, let's uh, uh, Cover a few more fast facts. Lydia uh, was in Asia Minor, and uh, 
uh, like all those church names revealed in uh, the book of uh, Revelations, uh, like Sardis. Sardis was the capital of Lydia, which was, you know, all part, uh, the word Lydia comes from the word Lud, which you can find that in the Bible, uh, but you can also find the word Lydia in the Bible. And uh, so it's very, very important. Like, uh, for instance, uh, Ezekiel 27.10 and 38.5 uh, mentions uh, Lud or Lud, uh, which, is, which is Lydia. So uh, you can look that up also in Strong's uh, 3866. Uh, and uh, it's, it's from 3865, uh, which uh, ties that whole thing into the Lud revelation. Um, so, and we, we showed how that the people of Lud were archers, or the people of the Lydians were great archers. They got involved with, uh, with Tyre and Tyrus. Uh, those names, which mean rock, was the other rock the Bible describes as being the father Satan. And we have the Rock of Ages, which is the Father, the Lord. So we we see these different counterpoints. Now, of course, these stories were written uh, also by uh, uh, people that were writers like Plato and and Herodotus, and uh, and there were other uh, well-known writers uh, that told about uh, these stories. Um, uh, but uh, it is very very important. Uh, to 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 get the whole name of this, we we see also that the Bible has a lot, you know, has a lot more. To, you know, Second Kings seventeen thirty mentions the word Nergal, uh, which is Mars. That has in it part of the name Gal, uh, G A L, which which Gelgal uh, means strings, and uh, or pardon me, means wheels, and. Um, uh, you can uh, see that in uh, Strong's uh, Hebrew Concordance, uh, 153 and uh, 1535, uh, so that all these connections, uh, the, the, the word Tuesday for the day of the week actually comes from a, um, uh, an, an ancient word uh, uh, that uh, means Mars. And uh, so... Uh, you know, planets are mentioned in the Bible. Second Kings twenty three five speaks about the kings of Judah who burned incense in the high places of the cities of Judah unto Baal, and to the sun, and to the moon, and to the planets, and to all the host of heaven. The planets Venus and Saturn are mentioned in the Bible. Uh, Saturn is called in Amos five uh, twenty six the star of Kawan, uh, K A I W A N. Venus is called the morning star. Saturn and Jupiter both have moons that are said could possibly harbor life, even to this modern day. Um, so uh, these are all extremely interesting things. Greeks used to call uh, the planets stars, and so Mars was called uh, a star. And um, uh, the, these are these are things that then uh, became transliterated into different uh, uh, languages. Mars, as I said, for, uh, for two seas, uh, was called the god of war and wisdom, T-Y-R, or T-I-W apostrophe S day, uh, uh, Tuesday. And uh, so, and then even the French word um, Mardi is Mars day. 
uh, so that the very month of Mars. Uh, these things about planets are in the Bible, ladies and gentlemen. They're in the Bible. And, and uh, you know, um, uh, um, there are in Strong's 8272 in the Hebrew, in the Chaldean, uh, Genesis 3147, and Genesis 3.24, the Prince of Fire, uh, Sherees, uh, or Sherezer, uh you know, it's all part of this Nergal, uh, the wheel, the whirlwind, uh, the Zith, uh, wow. So, and then even the Egyptians, their word uh, Rimvan uh, is a name for Saturn. Uh, Revelations 20 12, the Star of David, we're going to get into that, uh, and a whole bunch of other things uh, that are so very, very, very important for you uh, to, to know. Uh, we, we talked about um, uh, the Temple of uh, Artenis, uh, A-R-T-E-N-I-S, uh, in Ephesians, or Ephesia, uh, and uh, how that Diane was the daughter of Jupiter, the chief god, and uh, twin sister of Apollo. Uh, but this particular temple, which it mentions in Acts 19, uh, uh, 37 uh, and 34 through, well, 34 through 37, uh, Acts 19, um, it, it mentions that also in, in Exodus, it warns about making images to heavenly things. Exodus twenty four through five. So, so uh, uh, we're going to have to go a little bit over here uh, because of the important part of of the of the, of the thing that I want to get into here. Uh, we we gave you scriptures about the image uh, or a stone that that fell from heaven, uh, Acts nineteen thirty five, and uh, it mentions right in the Bible that it fell from Jupiter. Uh, wow! Come on, people, this is all through the Bible. This thing, and and we're going to show you the scriptures of all of this and really really get into it before we hopefully get into the reading of the Holy Manifest uh, scriptures. But uh, I, just, I just want you people to be aware and, and, and all these things about the rings and the seals and the halos and, and the scriptures we are telling you. They, they open up the Bible. They open it up in a, uh, a way that's you know, uh, not been opened up before uh, um, uh, in, in this age. And so we're, we're, we're wanting to help you see these things. Uh, sooner or later, we're going to get into uh, more revelation from the book of little things in, in the book of Revelations 10.2. Uh, we're going to get into uh, um, more of an understanding of the expansive a revelation of uh, the Alpha world and the 666 number. Uh, we're going to get into uh, the lost book of wars. Um, the, uh, that's going to be so incredible. One of the, the chapters in the lost book of wars that we're going to bring back into uh, readership and understanding is going to be uh, the war of, of, of the, the holy rings and the war of the the rings of of darkness, and uh, this is going to be an incredible teaching that we will do when we get into the uh, 
the reiteration, the remaking of the Book of Wars, bringing it back uh, from uh, the the few little bits of scripture remnants that are left and, and being able to rematerialize that into the Lost Book of the Wars. That's coming. That follows after the God teachings. So um, uh, the Book of Wars of God, uh, you know, uh, read Daniel 4, 30 and 34, and... Uh, there's there's just many incredible scriptures to to go on to it. We want to talk more about the seed of Satan and 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 the uh, the image of jealousy. Uh, we won't be able to do that today, but uh, we're going to stop right now for a break, and then we'll be back to talk about this hexagon. God bless you, Janet.
All right, here we are. We're back. And now we want to really get into some neat stuff here. Uh, talking about this hexagon picture on your on your TV screen and 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 the meaning of of all of that. Uh you know, uh this is a not minor thing. It's it's really a a big thing. This thing of the hexagon. Now, <clears throat> the hexagon interestingly uh, has had a, a place in in uh, Bible history and in the in uh, the um, history of uh, several different nations going way way back to ancient time, and um, it's uh, extremely interesting. Some of the things I will point out to you uh, that are eye openers that you really need to know that you need to be aware of. Uh, but uh, when we look at the hexagon. Uh, if we look at it as made from two triangles, and and one upright and the other uh, 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 inverted upside down, and placed inside one another, that gives you the six points of of a hexagon uh, star. And uh, but but that that is an emblem from the hexagon that's called reverse. But if you do an obverse obverse then you get a five-pointed star and and instead of the uh six-pointed star and even from a small uh, young person going to school i used to draw the obverse star i could because it's something that it's a continuous stroke and you draw it uh in one stroke and you end up with your your five points uh that is an is actually still uh, uh from a hexagon but it's obverse instead of reverse and and so those are very interesting things now we're going to see from the bible uh, some very important things, and and I want to read that to you right now. Uh, first off, let's look at uh, Jeremiah, and uh, and let's read in chapter seven of Jeremiah, verse seventeen. Seeth thou not what they do in the cities of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem? The children gather wood, and the fathers kindle the fire, and women knead uh, their dough. Uh, uh, to make cakes to the queen of heaven and to pour out drink offerings unto other gods that they may provoke me to anger. Now, um, here is a scripture talking about the queen of heaven, which is Asturias or Astura, uh, which was the wife of Nimrod. Now, let's, uh, let's uh, you know, look at some other scriptures. Let's go to... Uh, 1 Kings chapter 11. And let's see what King Solomon did. It says in chapter 11 verse 1, But King Solomon loved many strange women, together with the daughter of Pharaoh, women of, of the Moabites um, and Armenites, uh, the Edomites and the Zidian, uh, Zidians and Hittites, of nations concerning which the Lord said unto the children of Israel, You shall not go in unto them, neither shall they come in unto you, for surely they will turn away your heart after their gods. Solomon clave unto these in love. And he had seven hundred wives, princesses, and three hundred concubines, and his wives turned away his hearts. 
his heart. For it came to pass when Solomon was old that his wives turned away his heart after other gods, and his heart was not perfect with the Lord his God as was the heart of his of his as was the heart of David his father. For Solomon went after Astoris, A-S-H-T-O-R-E-T-H, the goddess. Now, there are some people who have tried to make, uh, from other places in history, Astoris to be a male king and make it a male and sort of, uh, uh, you know, make it of small importance uh, of there being a female Astoris. But the real big revelation is right here. And, 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 and it says that even Solomon, even Solomon, who in other scripture here says that at the time he was the wisest person that lived in the world. And it mentioned about five other really wise, known people. Uh, but it says he was wiser than all of them and that people came from all around the world to hear of his wisdom. Now he had this gift, and the Bible says that God appeared unto him twice, that Jehovah appeared unto him twice. And yet, with all of that, he, he through the wife of Pharaoh, who introduced to him as tourist the goddess, goddess is a, is a female, of the Zidonians, and after uh, Melchum, the abomination of the Amorites. And Solomon did evil in the sight of the Lord, and went not fully after the Lord as his father David did, as, as, as did uh, David his father. Then did Solomon build a high place. Now, get a hang of this. Solomon built a high place for, for Shemos, uh, the abomination of Moab, in the hill that is before Jerusalem. And Molech, the abomination of the children of, of, of Ammon. And likewise did he for all his strange wives which burnt incense and sacrificed unto their gods. Now, don't get to thinking that this thing of Asturias and these other gods are just to be made nil and to be o overlooked. Uh, there needs to be teaching big teaching on this because if one of the wisest persons that, that lived during that time of the world, uh, even at an older age, doesn't mean when you get old you're so senile you don't know what you're doing. Uh, it, it was accounted to him as, as an evil act because he did know what he was doing. But he got so carried away with, with his infatuation uh, with, you know, uh, this, this wife uh, from, uh, of, of Pharaoh's that he began to worship uh, 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 not only other gods of other wives, but to worship, you know, Asturias, the goddess. And, 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 the, and the people of Israel were making special uh, uh, gifts and sacrifices that they made of breads and so forth uh, to, to the queen of heaven, which was Asturias. So when you understand that Asturias was the wife of... Uh, the the wife of the king of Babylon, which was Nimrod, and that the father of Nimrod was was not only um, uh, what the, the, uh, the one Bible name, but he was the two other Bible names, which was Bel B E L and Baal, and so that was the very father of Nimrod, 
And then his son became a sun god. And they were involved. Satan was using them. And their teachings spread throughout all the world. And they go way, way, way back in time. Way back in time. Now remember, this still all connects to Gog. And remember how that we read the uh, Septuagint of the Greek translation of Amos 1. Uh, pardon me, of the first Amos, first chapter, number 1, of the seventh chapter of Amos. Chapter 7, verse 1, where it says, Thus the Lord showed me a swarm of locusts were coming. And behold, one of the young, uh, uh, of the young devastating was Gog, the king. We've got to get this thing down, ladies and gentlemen, about Gog and how that he's involved with this revelation of the locusts, the praying locusts, which are actually the mantis, the praying mantis. We've got to get this revelation down so that we understand how relevant that it is. And we must remember, as I've taught you before in the book of Revelations, and in the book of Revelations chapter 1, uh, verse 18 through 19, where he sa God speaks and says, I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen, and have the keys of hell and of death. Write, now this is, the, this is the instruction to John when he is to write the book of Revelations. Write the things which thou hast seen. Write the things of the past, because he had been revealed to him in all these visions and insights. And write the things which are, the present things, and the things which shall be hereafter, the future things. That which was, that which is, and that which is to come. That's what he was to write about. That is what the book of Revelations is about. That is what the deep revelation of the Bible is about. The things that were, the things that, that are, and the things that are to be. Now, when people get into Christianity thinking and, and, and ministering, and they leave out the was, and they don't understand that, that when the Bible says, go ye into all the world, that the word for world in the book of John was actually cosmos. And that it means that you're to have this understanding of all the universe. Then in John, uh, uh, the last chapter, uh, where it, it gets into the uh, revelation, it goes into this part and it says, it says this. It says, if all the things were written that should be written, that this universe could not contain it. You have to go beyond this universe. You have to go to the other universes that it does Tell about it in the book of Revelations. That which was, that which is, that which is to come. And so that is what the Holy Manifest does that we're going to be reading from you, God help us to have the time today. And that is what the Manifestor is here for, to bring you these revelations that have been, been sealed up under the dark winters uh, and the long winters. Uh, that belong to, to the, the, the darkness of, of evil. Now, let's get back to this thing of the hexagon picture. And, and let's get into uh, some interesting things here. Um, the flag of Israel that was uh, 
made uh, in uh, October 28th in 1948, has on it the hexagon, the 666, is the Star of David. When Hitler uh, branded people that were Jews, he had his uh, Gestapo police put on, on the, the Jews the Star of David, which was a hexagon, 666 hexagon. So this hexagon, which you, you can go back, guess how far you can go back? Guess how far you can go back? Well, you can go, you can go back and you can actually see, uh, you know, from, from uh, ancient uh, inscriptions and ancient pictures that they have found, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, you 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 can you can go. I mean, you can go back so far in time that it's it's pathetic. Like for instance, the Sumerian, uh, S-U-M-E-R-I-A-N, uh, cylinder uh, seal that that they actually have a picture of. Guess what it has on it? Going all the way back to the Sumerians. Now, as far as most people believe, is that they are one the most ancient race that ever lived. But of course, they're not. But they were very, very ancient. They go way, 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 way back. And they have on their seal a picture of Saturn with a hexagon on it. And, and they, they, they actually show this, uh, this seal. And guess what? At the, at the North Pole is the hexagon seal made out of this vortex swirl that just stays there and doesn't change. At the South Pole, they have found uh, this other swirl, and in this swirl, they have found an eye. I mean, it's so clearly an eye. And so you can go back into all kinds of Viet Vietnamese, Vietnam, way back in the ancient temples, and you can see the, the, the hexagon uh, uh, on the planet uh, that is obviously, uh, you know, uh, Saturn. And you can see also the eye. You can see that in symbolic things that the United States has. You can see that on symbolic things that all kinds of the other nations have. Because this influence that, that came through the Babylonian Babel, Nimrod, and was perpetrated with the familiar spirits from kings to kings and nations to nations. There are all kinds of nations all over the world that are involved in this symbol of the 666, which is the Star of David, which is really not the true Star of David. It is something that has been, that has been put into a darkness and into a a familiar spirit of the forces of, of uh, Lucifer, Satan. And it was greatly brought forward by Solomon. Solomon was still allowed to put the book of Proverbs, the book of Ecclesiastes, and the Song of the Solomon into the Bible. He wasn't just cut out of the Bible. He was still allowed to write those books and be a part of that because there were the good years that he had. And God weighs people in the balance. And, and, you know, 
the Bible says, and I read it, that David had a perfect heart. And yet he killed one of his most loyal uh, men to get, her, uh, to get uh, his wife, for his, to be his wife. So the perfect heart thing is difficult to understand sometimes. But it's a transition of being weighed in the balance over a period of time. And are you more good than you are bad? Are you more good than you are evil? And that, that is a judgment that is made in ways that we as humans cannot quite understand. And so we have all over the world then these Babylonian systems, the very word Babel from the word uh, Ba, B-A-B, means the gate of God. And the star Bell is the planet Mars. And Nim, uh, Nimrod Mars is connected with Marduk, which is one of the, the terrible gods of the Old Testament. All of these Gods are connected. And this eye in the storm belongs to Saturn, which is a polar vortex, and also belongs to the other, the north pole, polar vortex of the hexagon. And we have seen how that people on earth in ancient, ancient, ancient civilizations have put the planets together. There's one, one uh, very ancient depiction where it shows the, 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 the five other planets. And remember, Saturn is the sixth planet from the sun. Then it shows Saturn is the sixth planet. And it shows the hexagon and the eye way back before there were telescopes, way back before there were, there were uh, rockets and, and exploratory craft to be sent from a great power like NASA of the United States. How could that be possible? Well, that's possible because this kind of information was passed on through the familiar spirits of of the satanic uh, 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 operations. Now, this thing here of the hexagon uh, is really interesting. People say, well, how did this evil really get, get after the flood? You know, the, they got rid of all the bad people. How could this have happened? Well, you know, they, there is a, there is a, a rumor, if you want to call it that, call it what you will, but that the wife of Ham was a descendant of Cain. I've known for a long time by the Holy Manifest that there was something very true along that line that allowed uh, this uh, uh, remaining evil to come on board the ship and of the ark and, and how that this familiar spirit can go into hiding. It can go into to almost a repressive uh, uh, place uh, like, it's, like, like germs do in the body. They can go into the body and just sort of almost hibernate until they f 
feel the body is weakened, and then they come out and they begin to attack the body again. Uh, the, the evil spirit can do the same kind of thing. And uh, we, we can just see how real and how true those kinds of things, things are. So now, what do we have here? What do we have? We've got this seal of Solomon, which was a signet ring. ring. And what does, what does you know, uh, ancient uh, legends say about that? They say that that ring of Solomon was a magical ring, that it could do magical things. Isn't that interesting that the legend of, of um, Gyges, who was Gog, and found that ring of a king who was buried inside this huge horse in a cave? And then he put that ring on his finger? And no doubt that the spirit, the familiar spirit from that king passed into Gyges right then. And where did, where did Solomon get that particular ring? Did he get it from Pharaoh's daughter? Was this something that was, was hidden like like the teraphim was hidden when Jacob fled back to his home country? Well, there's much more could be said, much more uh, of Bible, much more of expl explanation could be said. But I, I tell you what, people, there, there is an umbra here, a deep, deep, dark shadow that has been brought to light. And this, to me, uh, this hexagon on Saturn uh, is, is a verification of, my, of the teachings. Now, there are others that have uh, preached on this, but they all tie it into an immediate end of the world. And, 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 and uh, uh, I, I just noticed, I went on to the... To the um, um, internet here, and I was looking up a couple things, and there's a couple of people that I had warned that they're preaching about the end. They, they were predicting, you know, things that were going to happen in October and November, and then December of of last year, uh, 2012, and all of those things failed. And I and I had warned them. I says, if you don't change what you're what you're preaching, and you don't you know, at least uh, let people know that this is just, uh, you know, a guess on your part. You may be wrong. I said, there's going to be people come against you and call you false. Well, I noticed <coughs> that these people I'm referring to, that there were several individuals that had come on and were now calling these people false prophets because they had prophesied one false event that was going to happen after another that has not happened. And so now they're branded as false prophets because they were making serious false prophecies about the end of the world that did not happen. And, and pe people were, were, uh, were having heart attacks. People were selling their things, uh, were going into to hidings, uh, uh, losing their jobs, all kinds of things that it's caused to happen to human beings. Sadly, sadly, sadly. And, and I want to tell you something.
we have been preaching this this holy manifest truth. We've been telling people about the long time. We've been telling about people about that which was and that which is and that which is to come. And that is the, the, the meaning and, and, and the truth as it describes it in the 14th verse of the first chapter of Revelations. And if we don't follow the word, and the word, believe me, has all of these things in it. It has the names of these planets, but they're in transliterated names that we don't recognize as Mars, as Jupiter, although Jupiter is actually named in the, in the book of 19th chapter of Acts. And, 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 and the, the image that falls down from it, it's all connected to these images and, and all connected to this story is there and it's real. And if that's in the same area, that was in Ephesians, that's in the same area where, where John went to save his life, and he was the only one of the disciples that, that did not die uh, before or during when Rome besieged uh, Jerusalem in, 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 in the 70s and, and, uh, and, and destroyed Jerusalem. He lived on. He outlived Paul. He outlived all of the disciples, and that's where he was in Asia Minor. And it's the same place that was called Lydia. And he was there because he realized the importance of, of the name of those towns and that they had a symbolism. And I've taught on that. You know about that. Okay. So um, I, I'm, I'm going to go on now with the reading uh, because we only have so much time. Uh, but... Uh, there is an absolute space that that uh, that occurred uh, during the time of the um, living constructions called the gogs. We're going to get into that right now in the readings of the Holy Manifest, and uh, the uh, let the the seven thunders uh, uh, clap with their roars of approval as we begin to open the library of the galaxies of the universe. And, and uh, not this universe, but this universe uh, as it speaks in the Bible, in the Word, in the Holy Manifest of that which was a long time before there were even universes. Now we'll just repeat just a little dab here of uh, how we end it from the... Um, uh, fr from the, the scripture that we were reading from before. Okay, so uh, here we go. And uh, this, this is quite, uh, quite uh, uh, you know, a, a word here. And uh, it, it talks about uh, a thing called um, the quad quadversal, quad quadversal. So that, that is, uh, it's challenging. That is uh, uh, quite quite inspirational. Okay, here we go. Um, and so, messengers of I.M.'s angelfold of the First Presence, specifically M.'s Holy Angel of Divine Light Virtue and M.'s Holy Angel of Love Virtue, twelve, T-W-I-L-L-E-D, neat word, twelve, a projection of photo translation that became Soundtron Messaging, and personification of life for outer existence. We're talking about outer existence out from the presence of God. 
The Soundtron messaging was a weaving of song energies into a diagonal overlaying of melodies and counter-melodies, which spirited amidst the Soundtron energies the essential sparks. Oh, my. Awesome. One spark was qua-qua-versal and presented a disposition for there to be a toward direction to dimensionalism and toward direction confronted, uh, configurated on an arrangement of a segment of God's spirit energizing into parts which were begun uh, of rules of form, wherein could and would abide the worlds, the alpha inner ages, the alpha outer ages, the universes, and all other worlds, spiritual and physical. Now, you have to understand that in the first domain, or in that world that existed before the first domain, that it was a world that was not set into form. It was a world that was into a flow. It could take on forms, but only as it moved from one aspect unto another aspect. And so this whole thing of the formations uh, was something that was going to be uh, more um, directive in the physical world in which was now being uh, situated and and uh, now being created. And this, this brings us then uh, to these uh, uh, other creations. Uh, Therefore were the rules of form born, which became the toward of the qua-qua-versal, that created the outward for the beyond from God, and M's innermost being, wherein were born physical creations. So these are beyond the God I am's innermost being. Uh, and then this outward was the wherein were born physical creations. It was such physical worlds of creation which began, began the matrix for birthing entities who could gain a consciousness of God the I am. Thus begins where we left off the living constructions. And so it was many manifold spans of successions ago. Now notice the incredible wording of the manifest. It doesn't say many manifold successions of time because at this point, time was not relevant. There was a time that, you know, there was no time. Uh, and, and so the word successions then is used to show the following of one event after another. Many manifold uh, spans of successions ago, there came to be worlds of awesome eternal orders. Which worlds and orders existed prior to the founding of the first domain? In that great, great past, those world dimensions of living Alphan constructions were called inner Alphan orders. Those dimensions were so extensively diversified from the later-to-be universal scales, that they would appear to address the infinitesimal and the inverse. Only during the inner alpha orders did the invisible ultimate I am ever dwell in M's first presence among unascendant life forms. In those great and past inner alpha successions, when I am, when I am was present among the creation, 
M was omnipresent in M's consciousness by stations of energy dot aureolas for a, a, as a pointillism of essence throughout the constructions. So even though God was present, he was present in a specifically described way here in these energy dot stations. And so it was. Um, in the course of the uh, episodes, energy from the sound line was intertwined, sound line, S-O-U-N-D-L-I-N-E. In the 19th chapter song of nineteenth chapter of Psalms, it talks about the line that goes throughout all the universe. And there'd be no place the line did not go. So we we call that the sound line. And uh, and uh, ever since the worlds that that extra bound outside of the presence of God began to exist, the soundtron and the sound line have existed. Okay, uh, I'm using that to describe what I'm reading here. Okay, um, now let's go on. Um, in the courses of episodes. Energy from the sound line was intertwined into a creation thought called a centella of awe. In such a curious way, it drew the attention of one of the holy presentators. It was that holy presentator, P-R-E-S-E-N-T-A-T-O-R, who visited a trow of faith upon the essence of awe, and by that extent, the scintilla of awe became the stylus for energy dots. Thus began the first engendering of energy dots as a medium in which to record aeonic histories and as a medium for mental consciousness uh, operations of exchange for a first dimension or original presence expression of I am to be represented in absence of his first presence, yet as used to represent that first present presence essence. In the course of time, various individuals experience representation in God's conscious essence as uh, thought energy dots. Also, some collective energies became represented as historical thought energy dots, but none reached the extent of the, of the suspended creation thought called the energy dot of awe. And it was so that as energy dot stations breathed forth the sound line, the well of I am was inscribed deeper and deeper into the emergent potential of spiritual manifoldus for all existing things. Manifoldus, M-A-N-I-P-H-O-T-I-S, for all existing things. Therefore, it came to be that the image of I am's aura core became a part of every station. So it was any entity desiring to understand the sound lines sought such knowledge through the channels of the holy presentators, as also revealed through energy dots. The angel fold of I am's first presence used Holy Ghost personality phototransitions of the invisible ultimate I am and are called the holy presentators because they align 
the transmission wave lanes. Now, here are a few uh, um, at the bottom of this Holy Manifest Word um, descriptions to help a little bit on the understanding of some of these uh, terms I used in this reading. The word matrix uh, is referring symbolically to a womb of creation uh, and um, uh, could be said to be metaphorically uh, referring to a womb. Energy dot stations, as would apply to the locus settings of distinctions and perspectives of energy consciousness, mental, mental, mental energy flashing of the presentators into a locus point of a data refraction medium. Then it says, see flashing energy dots in the glossary, which you cannot do. Okay, I'm going to have to go over a little bit because we're just getting started here. Can't believe this has gone so fast. Scintilla, uh, S-C-I-N-T-I-L-L-A, reflective trace and spark. Scintilla um, of awe, also called a scintilla of awe. An essence spark spirited by soundtrack energies of the angel fold of M's first presence. The scintilla uh, of um, awe became the stylus of the first energy dot. Tro, a rare noun used meaning belief, faith, covenant. <clears throat> okay. Parable of the potent Alpha, Alphan God. At the present world, which is the eighth universe, there is a writ spoken in metaphors that describe the God, the gogs. For those who seek the long truth, there is discovered by a manifest of that writ not only a future event, but also an aeonic past. For it is so that eternities after Gog's world of inner alpha ages and its resurgence in other ages and universes was perished and memories of its orders were locked away in the density points of matter, prophecies of Gog's rising again were pronounced in the eighth universe on planet Earth. Here's how it reads. This is um, from Ezekiel 38:17 and Ezekiel 39:1 through 2, and it's the MIV uh, version. O Gog, are you not one of the anterior beginnings that I spoke to about my that I spoke to about my messengers, saying in latter times you would come against God's defenders, defenders of humanity? Speak to Gog, the principal principality image from the world's past and say, the Lord is against you, Gog. Therefore, when your image is regenerated from the depths of the sixth dimension to be used against the leaders of God's defenders, I will expose your secrets. Here we see this sixth dimension as represented in the hexagon of the sixth dimension from which Gog comes from, that he has stamped that on the North Pole, in the polar vortex, and no one really knows how long that has been there, but going all the way back to the most, most ancient people that is known to have lived on Earth, it is recorded. So this has obviously been stamped on there going way, way, way back in time just as we have preached to you and manifested to you about 
the wars that went on between the angels of God and the, and the, the uh, cherub co-owned angels of Lucifer as they tried to fight to keep their positions in Mars and then in, in uh, uh, Saturn. This isn't junk, people. This isn't fable. This isn't mythology. This is an incredible word of God. A resurrection of golden jewels of God that have been buried within the Bible and have become invisible. So when we have ministered to you about the invisible Bible, we haven't administered it to, unto you that and just left you without knowing what the invisible word said. But we're ministering to you that invisible word that the Bible says people having eyes they cannot see it, they are blind. Having ears they cannot hear it, they are deaf. And we're making known unto you this incredulous word. And now with this sign, this insignia of Satan on the very planet that we have the picture of, which is Saturn, and that of the north region, which the word north can also mean mystery. So when it talks about the armies of, of Satan, of Gog coming, we know that the armies of Gog are actually are actually the gods that are the 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 the, the locust people, uh, the locust uh, or the mantis people. That God, that Gog, who is Lucifer, Satan, makes while when he is given the keys in the ninth chapter of Revelations to the bottomless pit, and he is the king of that. And in the furnace and smoke of his manufacturing as it is depicted in a metaphorical kind of way. He creates these multi-millions of, of, these, of these God creation called the locusts that cover the whole planet. And he brings them to defeat, to defeat God at the, at the Jerusalem that comes down from the Father's house, from heaven. It's not made on earth. The old Jerusalem is torn down and made way for this new Jerusalem which comes down and it is a, a planetome. Well, we've run out of time. And we didn't get to read very much of the Holy Manifest here on the gods. But we will continue reading this from week to week until we have read the whole story of the gods. But you are beginning to be able to see how that what we are ministering is the word of the Bible. We're not just using stories from mythology or stories from historical writers. There are some times we may make the mention of that, especially if they're prominent people. Ladies and gentlemen, may God bless you. It's down to you today. All of you who have illness, sickness, infirmity in body, 
the name of the power of the Lord Jesus Christ, Almighty God. May the hope 